morning. How is everybody? Good. Well, my name is Ray, one of the pastors serving here at New City. Glad that you're with us today and welcome. Uh, we have been walking through this series called Believe. And uh, we've been talking about and walking through this idea that the, the things we believe in our heart and how they shape who we will become, right? And who we will become in Jesus. And so the idea behind that is that the things that we believe are kind of the foundational uh, foundation, if you will, of the things that we trust in and believe about Jesus, all right? And so we've been walking through over these past couple weeks, what do we believe? Well, the first week we talked about God, right? We believe that there is one true God, and then we talked about him being a personal God, that he actually interacts with us on our day-to-day life, and he doesn't just step back and go, well, good luck with things, right? But he's actually a part of our daily life. And today we're going to be talking about something that probably is, over these next 10 weeks, probably one of the most important things that we're going to talk about, all right? And it's the idea of salvation. So this past week, hopefully you had the opportunity to read through that and to catch some of those verses Okay, But as we walk through this, we have these key questions that we start each week with. Okay, Now, this is not our key question this morning, but this is a question I want you to think about as we start. All right, And maybe it's a question somebody has asked you before, or maybe it's a question that somebody has brought to your attention, or maybe even you yourself have asked the question. Right? But here's the question. How does a person get into heaven? Right? How does a person get into heaven? Now, that's a question to get your brain just kind of rolling this morning, okay? How does a person get into heaven? Because when we think about, okay, what does it take to get into heaven? I have a good friend, uh, and I'm, I may have shared this with you before, but I have a good friend back in Fort Smith. And when he would do something like good, like he was on staff at church with me, okay? But he would be like cleaning up at a fellowship or something. And somebody would say, hey, Billy, thanks, man. You're so good, right? And he'd say, well, you know, just, just being good to try to get into heaven. Right? Like he was joking about it, okay? But he's saying, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just doing my good things so that I'll make it into heaven. And he would clarify, like sometimes he even, even use that as a pivot point to talk to somebody about the gospel and the good news of Jesus. But he would use that as how you get into heaven, right? And it was a kind of a joke, but here's the thing, okay? It's funny how we can take this matter and make it a joke. Right? Like we have those jokes of the story of, you know, the pearly gate, like the far side comic strips really did this well. They'd have like the big fancy gates and it's on the edge of the cloud, you know, and all that. And St. Peter's standing there. And then there's some little comment that about how you get into heaven or what you need to do to get into heaven. And we have those jokes as well about, hey, when we get to the pearly gates and St. Peter's standing there and he asks us this particular question or he has us do this certain task. Right? And so I thought it'd be, you know, Kind of lighthearted maybe to share one of those with you this morning, okay? So there's three people, and they get to heaven, all right, at the pearly gates. St. Peter's standing there, and he asks them, or he says, I'm going to ask you one question. If you get that question right, then you're able to to enter into heaven. And so there's a teacher, a trash man, and a lawyer, okay? So the teacher, he says, all right, here's your question. What is the ship that ran into the iceberg? And she says, oh, well, I just taught my students this. It's the Titanic. He says, that's right. You can enter into heaven, right? Now, next, up, the, the trash man steps up, and he still has a little bit of a smell to him, right? So he, he kind of smells like trash, if you will. And so St. Peter's like, I'm not sure if we want you know, that smell here, and so I'm going to ask you a little bit harder question, all right? So he says, all right, how many people then died on the Titanic? 
And he's like, well, I just watched a documentary on this. 1,500 people died on the Titanic. He's like, that's right, you can enter in. And then the lawyer steps up and St. Peter goes, name all 1,500 people. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, yeah. If a joke needs explaining, then it's a terrible joke. So anyway, all right. But here's the thing. We, we have those jokes and we have those little off-color things that we talk about. What does it take to get into heaven? But here's the thing. I don't think it's going to go down like that. Right? I don't think that we're going to have these pearly gates sitting on the edge of a cloud and we're going to walk up and there's St. Peter guarding the way. Right? And so this is actually something that, as I said, as we're walking through these next 10 weeks, is probably one of the most important conversations and readings that we're going to have through these 10 weeks. Like, this is a big, big deal. And so just to put it aside to a joke doesn't give it its due diligence of what it deserves. All right? So, as we're walking through this, we, like I said, we have these key questions. All right? And our key question this morning is really not how do I get into heaven? All right? But how do I get into a right relationship with God himself? Right? How do I have a relationship with God? So we talked about last week this idea of a personal God. Okay? So if he is personal, then how do I have relationship with him? Like we talked about he's pursuing me, but how do I go after him? Or how do I have relationship with him? Okay, because here's the things that we hear. We hear that idea of, well, if I'm just good, I'll get into heaven, right? Like, that's all that I need to do. Or maybe you've heard this, like, I've been to church all my life. Like, maybe I was even born in church, right? You've heard people say that, like, I was born in church. Like, well, that's a little odd, but okay, you know, or maybe you've heard this. I had a drug problem growing up, like, I was drugged to church. My parents drugged me to church. Right? And people say those things like, I, I've always been a part of the church. But here's the thing about it, okay? Being in right relationship with Jesus has nothing to do with your church attendance. It has nothing to do with it. The only thing it means is this, is that you're a faithful church attender. Like, that's what it means. But here's the thing. Right relationship means so much more than that. And again, somebody might say, well, you know, I'm a pretty good person. And I know that that will perhaps get me there. Well, look here, if we look into the scriptures, um, unfortunately, and this turns a lot of people off from the truth, right? If we look at the scriptures, we find that we're actually the extreme opposite, right? We're the extreme opposite of that. And so this past week in your book, you had the opportunity in chapter 3 to read uh, chapter 5 of Romans, right? And again, don't you love how the book is scripture, believe book is scripture, but you had this opportunity to read chapter 5. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Romans chapter 5. If you have your you know, tablet or whatever, it's also going to be up on the screen for you. But we're going to kind of camp out in Romans 5 this morning. All right, And we're going to start in verse 12. And it says this. It says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way death spread to all men, because all have Sinned. So through one man, right, his name being Adam, the first man of sin, okay, he made this decision early in the Bible to go against God's plan. In the story of creation, he made this decision, okay, I'm going to go against what God desires for me to do. And in that one decision, here's the thing, okay, sin entered the world. Sin entered the world. Sin began and then sin moved through generation to generation, even to you and I today. 
Like it's here today in each of us, right? And in that, brokenness came into play as well. From that moment of Adam's decision. Now here's the thing that Paul writes even earlier in this letter, okay? He's writing this to the church in Rome. He's writing this to the Romans, right? He's wanting to clarify some things for them. And in chapter 3, he says at the very beginning, look, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Like he wants to clear that up on the front end, right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now it doesn't say some, it says all, right? All people have sinned. All have sinned. Why? Because you were born into it. Like you didn't have the option to go, nope, I'm not going to be a part of sin. Now, you are a long distance relative of Adam, right? And because of that, it has been passed down to you. So thanks, Adam, for that, right? Like, thanks so much. But here's the deal. Through that act, okay, we don't have to go searching for or pursuing disobedience, do we? Like, that's a natural thing that comes within us. This, this going against God, this thing of desiring the things of the flesh is naturally what is within us. Like, oftentimes, I, you, you go to, or you, you, know, you could go into our kids' ministry, right? And you could see there within our kids how evident this is. Like, you don't have to go and teach them how to be ultimately, for lack of a better word, bad. Right? Like they make decisions that go against obedience naturally. Why? Because they're born into it. Like they have it there. Like we come with that program installed. Right? It's not something that we have to pick up, it's something that comes already in our life. But here's the thing we look at our kids and we go, well, you know, they show disobedience. Guess what? We don't grow out of that. Right? Like it's always there. We're always still a part of. Sin. Now, here's the thing, okay? We see it even in the, book of, in the book of Romans here as Paul is writing. Like over and over, Paul talks about, not only in the book of Romans, but also in his other letters later on. Like his battle for him in his life was always between this thing of the flesh and this thing of the spirit. The things of the flesh, the things that go against God, and the things of the spirit, the things that are for God, ultimately. Like he always had this battle going on, and he's, he, he brings it up multiple times through the book of Romans and through his writings. But here's the thing, okay? And the thing that I think the big thing that we need to understand about it, all right? So we've all sinned. We've established that, okay? But in that sin, what that sin does is it separates us from God, right? It brings in a separation from us and God. And if we've all sinned, then guess what? We're all separated from him. Now, Again, you had the opportunity this past week to read back in the book of Genesis, right? And that moment where Adam makes that decision. Adam and Eve make that decision to go against God and what he has told them. And in that, sin enters the story. Sin comes in. Now, here's the thing. If sin separates us, then it brings us back to our key question. How do I have a relationship with God? Like, if I'm separated from God, you're telling me I'm separated from God. How then do I have relationship with him? Well, here's the thing. We need some help and we need some hope, right? And so, you know, many of you know I'm from good old Arkansas, right? And we have this weird thing we do in Arkansas. It's called mudding, all right? And here's what mudding is, all right? You have a truck or an SUV. Some people even take their car 
and you find this big puddle of mud, just drive through it a bunch of times. Or the, the gold, like, you've found gold is when you find a big old pasture and you can just drive and the whole thing's mud, right? And you're just throwing and it's a great time. I look back on that. I did that a lot in high school. I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking, right? Like, but anyway, so you're, you're mudding, right? You're driving. So there's this one particular time that I remember I told my dad, hey, dad, I'm going mudding. And like we had had this amazing rain and it was even still raining. And I'm like, I'm heading out. Well, here's what my dad says. He goes, I know how bad it's going to be. If you go and you get stuck, don't call me. All right. You know, I'm 16, 7. Okay. So I head out. Me and a buddy. Nobody else with us. And we head out to this place that we had gone several times before and we loved. And so we're, we're out there and we're dri- I'd never gotten stuck out there before. You see where this is going, right? And so I'm driving out there, having a great time. We're playing. And then we hit this huge hole, right? It's rained for like three days straight. That huge hole became not just a hole. It became a crater, right? And we go diving into that thing and we are stuck, right? Stuck. Now, here's the thing. I pull out my brick disguised as a phone, right, at that time. I call my dad. I'm like, hey, dad, I'm stuck. <laughs> well, what I tell you on the way out the door? Don't call me. And you're like, your, your dad seems a little, whoa. But here's the thing. Like, he had told me on the front end, right? He had told me on the front end. He's, and I remember clearly what he said. Because who wants to be a millionaire was popular at the time. He said, you better phone a friend, Right? But here's the thing. I'm stuck in the middle of this puddle. I can't even get to the side without like soaking my, myself in mud. So here I am sitting in my car and I call a buddy. But here's the thing. I needed help, right? And I needed hope because here's what it looks like for us, okay? When we talk about this idea of sin, we are stuck in the muck. And there is nothing that we can do to get out of it. What we need is hope and we need help. To get us out of that. And there is nothing that I can do. Like I'm sitting in my Jeep. There is nothing I can do to get myself out of that situation. Right? That's where we are with sin. We are sitting in the muck and we are stuck. And there is nothing we can do to get us out of it. So we need hope and we need help. But here's the thing. This is where salvation comes in. Okay? This is where salvation comes comes in. Look here, if we look at the definition of salvation, salvation is deliverance from harm, ruin, and loss, right? Deliverance from harm, ruin, and loss. But here's the thing, okay? We ourselves can do nothing to bring ourselves out of harm, ruin, and loss of sin. No matter how morally good you are, you still will never be in right relationship with God. With God. No matter how often you go to church, no matter how often you even read your Bible, no matter how often you give, no matter how much money you give, no no matter how often you serve, or even how many little old ladies you help walk across the street, you will not bring yourself into right relationship with God the Father. That's where Jesus comes into play, right? That's where Jesus is needed in this picture. But here's the awesome thing about the God of the Bible, okay? He doesn't say, do one more thing. And then do it better. Right? He doesn't have this checklist and he says, all right, make sure you check all the boxes and then you're in to my heavenlies. No, he says, I tell you what, I'm going to come and I'm going to help you out of that mess. I'm going to come help you get unstuck. Now, this past week, again, you had the opportunity to read chapter 5 of Romans, right? 
And in verse 15, it says this. It says, The gift is not like the trespass. For if by one man's trespass the many have died, but how much more have the grace of God and the gift overflowed to many by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ. Now you're like, okay, that seemed like there was some, some terms in there that maybe I would wrestle with, okay? But here, let me read it in the, in the New Living Translation because it really makes sense. And this might even be for you this morning a time of worship when you hear these words, okay? So check this out. This is verse 15, okay? But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads us to being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. And you're like, man, okay, he's sure repeating himself. Why do you think Paul's repeating himself? So the people of Rome will get it. This is Jesus Christ. This is who he is. And this is what he does for you. But look at verse 19. It says, Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because of one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. You see what Jesus does? Jesus becomes our salvation. He becomes our Savior. And he brings us into righteousness and right relationship with God the Father. Jesus is it. He's the one. He's our help and our hope. He's our salvation. And he's our deliverance, right? That deliverance, that salvation. He's our deliverance from harm, ruin, and loss. So here's this. Jesus is our salvation. He's it. He's our salvation. But look here. I love that last verse, verse 19. Because of one person disobeyed God. Now, I don't like that part. Like, that's not the part I like, okay? But it quickly changes. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But, now here's the thing. I've told you this before. If there's a a but in the Bible, I put a circle around it. Maybe if you have your Bible this morning, you want to circle that. You want to put a box around it. Because here's the thing. Those three little letters change everything that has just been said. Right? It changes everything that's just been said. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Because here's what happens, all right? It moves us from condemned sinners eternally separated from the Father to righteous members of his kingdom and his household sitting at his table. There's a lot of power in that one little word. But... But here's the thing, it, play, it plays perfectly into our belief statement this week, all right? Our belief statement is this, the thing that we want to gather from the scriptures we've read this past week and hold on to in our heart, all right? It's this, I believe that a person comes into right relationship with God by God's grace, which he shows us through the gift, right? But through faith in Christ Jesus. You see, here's the thing, God had the plan in place from the very beginning, 
From the moment of sin in the garden, Jesus was there. Right? He was already there. And he becomes the redemptive thread that we see all through the Old Testament and through the New to the point of when we see him in the Gospels and he comes to earth in true human form. He's there the whole time. He is the plan. Now here's the thing. We hear it a lot, right? This verse in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Life, But then there's the next verse that we always forget because John 3.16 gets all the credit. And it's verse 17. For God did not send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. You see, He brings salvation to those who deserve to be condemned. He brings the salvation to us. Now here's the thing. Alright, and here's what it looks like if we kind of break this down. Sin separates But salvation is the solution to our separation. So if Jesus is our salvation, then he is the solution to our separation. Right? He is the solution to our separation. So I want to ask you this this morning, okay? Do you believe that? Like, can you grasp that and believe that and trust that? And then have you openly declared that? Like that statement, I believe a person comes into right relationship with God and by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. Have you openly shared it? And you go, well, you know, I'd love to, but I just don't know how to do that. What do I need to do? And here's the thing, okay? Here's the one thing that Jesus asks from us. And Paul writes it in Romans 10 just a little bit later. He says this. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's that word again, right? Saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith, and you then are saved. But look at a few verses later. Here's what he says. He says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, the very first week, we talked about the promises of God, right? There's one right there. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And when Paul writes that, I don't think this is something that he just assumes we're going to keep quiet. Like, okay, I've made that decision. Now I'm just going to hold it to myself. No, I think it's one that he wants us to declare, right? It's one that he wants us to share and to, to pass along, if you will, to those around us. Not only so that we can come together and celebrate that, but to know it, right? So, I believe that Jesus Christ is my salvation. Now, here's the amazing, awesome thing about that, okay, is that this is the gospel message. Like, when we say, we're going to go and share the gospel, this is it. This is the gospel message, that Jesus is our salvation. Like, that's it, broken down, right there. We had brokenness, and now we have a solution to that brokenness. The solution is salvation through Christ. That's the gospel message. So here's this thing this morning, okay? As we conclude, I want to ask you a couple of questions. First one is this. Have you declared that? Like, is God, is Jesus Lord of your life? And this morning, we want to give you an opportunity to take that step. Right? If you've, if you've never made God 
Lord of your life, today is an opportunity for salvation. Today is the day for Christ to step into your life. And so here's what we're going to ask you to do. A couple different things, okay? The first is this. On your bulletin or on the clipboards that are going to come by here in a minute, there's a connect card, okay? And on that connect card, if you say, I, I'm kind of thinking through this, but I'm not sure that I want to talk to somebody yet, but maybe you're declaring that today, then here's what I want to ask you to do, okay? As that connect card comes by, there's a part on there that says, I have decided to follow Jesus, okay? I'm going to pull this one off real quick. Or I chose to follow Jesus. Today I've chose to follow Jesus. All right, if that's you, then I want you to check that and put that in the offering bucket when it comes by here in a minute. Okay? But then also, today, if you said, you know what? I need to come back to Jesus. Like, I need to move into that relationship, and I need to step into that today. Then I'd love for you to mark that little box there at the, at the bottom. But here's more importantly what I'd love for you to do, okay? At the end of the service, I'm going to be back there at the table. And I would love for you to come back and talk to me about that. And there's other people here. Like if there's a line, cool, right? But if, <laughs> if you need somebody to talk to, there's plenty of people here that would love to talk to you about that. But today can be the day of salvation. Today can be the day of proclamation. Or today can be the day that you step out of here and we begin to share that with the people around us. But Jesus is our salvation. And I hope today that you can boldly proclaim this statement. I believe a person comes into right relationship with God by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. All right? Now here's what I'm also going to ask you to do as we, as we come into this last song here. Maybe you've already made that decision. Like you are in relationship with Jesus and you are in relationship with him. Okay? then there's an opportunity for you to celebrate, right? There's an opportunity to celebrate what he has done. And just in the same way as we worship through Romans 5 and how he has been our salvation, this is the opportunity for you to do the same, right? Like the people in the gym can hear us because we're boldly proclaiming how much we love him through song, okay? So let me pray for us as we continue on. Father.